19 minutes it is uh, before 9 p.m. And uh, we now go under the microscope this evening. And, uh, yeah, we're taking a look at, as I said, at a very saddening story here. And uh, it's a story that the KwaZulu-Natal Health Department says it has launched an investigation into. And uh, it involves the death of a father at uh, Northdale Hospital in Peter Maritzburg. And uh, a video circulated of the state uh, of the facility he was in uh, that, of course, surrounds his death. And the investigation comes after his daughter, Sengiwe Kumalo, took to Twitter to share a video of the shocking state of the ward in what appears to be the hospital's parking lot. And this is where his, her father, Swusiso Kumalo, uh, passed on from a lack of oxygen uh, in the early hours of Saturday morning. I'm joined now on the line by Sengiwe Kumalo, uh, the daughter of Wavo uh, Swusiso Kumalo, and also a colleague of ours here uh, at the public broadcaster, and also joined... Uh, by Sandile Kumalo, spokesperson of the Treatment Action Campaign in KZN. Sisleni, I want to maybe start off and say, uh, as uh, and maybe, Sisi, if we can start off, if you can just give us briefly the context uh, behind your father's passing. Uh, uh, what were some of the sequence and chain of events uh, prior to him going to the uh, Northdale Hospital? Thank you so much, Aya. Um, so my dad had been complaining of chest pains. Um, he'd been having difficulty breathing uh, for the most part of last week. Um, and then on Friday, he then asked my siblings, my brother and my sister, to please mm-hmm. take him to the, to the hospital, to the Northdale Hospital. Uh, this was on Friday evening at 7 p.m. They then drove him to the hospital. It's the nearest hospital to our home. Uh, upon arrival, he could no longer walk on his own. Um, so then my brother asked the security guards who were on duty uh, where they could find um, a wheelchair for him. She, they, he then found a wheelchair and then they took him and then they were directed by the security guards to this makeshift structure um, that was used as, I guess, a screening area uh, for patients. Uh, when they got there, and a nurse eventually arrived and she conducted a series of tests on my dad, uh, which included uh, the COVID-19 test. Uh, but unfortunately, they didn't, we haven't been given the results of those tests. Um, during mm. the time that the nurse was there and conducting these tests, my dad then complains or says to the nurse that he's feeling extremely cold and he'd like a blanket or something warm because there was no heat. In the struct- Let me just describe the structure for you quickly. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's a cover of a, of a parking lot. It's, it's a zinc uh, roof, if I can call it that. And then the walls are tent, uh, so tent material is used as walls. Um, there's no heater, there's no heating system whatsoever. And then there's partitions. Uh, so it's not an open plan set up, but there's partitions um, and there's beds um, inside um, each, or each of these little rooms in between these partitions. Okay, so then after, so then my dad then tells the nurse that he's feeling cold, and the nurse says that, unfortunately, she can't do anything about it. There's no blankets. There's no heater. My sister then goes back home to fetch a blanket, comes back with it. Um, and then they left him there at around about 11 p.m. in the evening. That's when the nurses said, no, it's fine. They can leave him in their care. And then they came back home. And at 2 a.m., my father, unfortunately, passed on. What explanation were you given? 
thank you about uh you know this particular area i mean you're suggesting that it's probably a screening area and maybe overflow area um, um due to whatever strain the hospital might have been taking did you receive any um you know indication why your father was placed i guess uh, in the parking lot uh, prior to his passing on so this is the area they use um where we're told that security guard but this is the area that they use uh, for patients before they enter the main building of the hospital. And what they mm. said was they're avoiding um, having COVID-19 patients inside the building, so they'd rather screen everybody in this tent, uh, test them for COVID-19, and then once they've ascertained who, who's positive and who isn't, then they're able to then put them in wards, uh, in different wards accordingly. Mm, mm, mm. And and then after after your father's passing, I mean, uh, one would think that uh, you would have certainly been demanding answers uh, surrounding the circumstances of his death. Uh, you say you left the hospital at around eleven or so, and then uh, shortly thereafter received uh, a word a few hours later uh, that he had passed on. So I arrived in Maritzburg on Sunday, uh, Sunday, mm. uh, Sunday afternoon. And on Monday morning, we then went to the hospital with my brother and my mother. Um, that's when my brother then showed me um, this, uh, these structures uh, where he had seen our father for the last time alive. And, and, and to say I was shocked is, is, is really an understatement. I was, I was beyond, you know, beyond shocked. And that's why then I decided to take a video because I felt that this needed to be seen. Um, I, I felt that my, no human being uh, deserved to, to, to be treated in such conditions. I then took the video and, and put it on social media. Um, and I've seen, since gotten um, responses from the KZN Health Department. They say they're investigating. They're investigating. I've also gotten a response from the KZN Primus Office. Uh, they, tell, they told me that they were at the hospital actually this afternoon and their investigations are undergoing. Yeah, it certainly must, I guess, give you a little cold comfort, uh, saying you were to hear that an investigation is underway because, uh, you know, uh, you might probably have a view that says your father had indicated that uh, he was feeling cold uh, and, and maybe very little was done to make sure that he was comfortable uh, in the elements uh, outside in this makeshift structure. Excuse me, yes, the, the nurse made it very known, you know, she made it very clear that, um, well, I can't do anything about it, unfortunately, um, you are here now, it is what it is, um, but it, she, she just basically told him that he must just bear with, bear with the cold. Mm-hmm. Thank you, I want us to pause here for a second and uh, take a brief break. When we come back, we'll also be joined by Yusandile. Uh, from uh, the uh, Treatment Action Campaign in KZN and they've been uh, doing some work in uh, monitoring some of the hospitals in KZN and reporting on some of the shortcomings and uh, he might be able, I guess, based on uh, his experience uh, and how COVID-19 patients have been treated elsewhere, be able, I guess, to give us some idea of uh, why uh, this particular uh, death uh, could have been avoided, if so, and uh, I guess uh, why uh, this kind of arrangement has been set up military-style tents uh, in the uh, parking lot here 
and the creation of makeshift wards. It's 11 minutes before 9 p.m. We're under the microscope now here on Metro FM Talk and we are taking a look at the sad story of what occurred at Northdale Hospital where Shingo Kumalo, one of our colleagues here, the public broadcaster, uh, lost her father, Babos uh, Wusso Kumalo, from a lack of oxygen. This after he was uh, uh, laid to rest uh, or put to rest uh, in a makeshift ward uh, in a parking lot at the Northdale Hospital. And uh, we do understand that the Guazul Natal Health Department has launched an investigation into the matter. Uh, but I'm also joined on the line by Sandile Kumalo, and uh, uh, he is uh, from the Treatment Action Campaign uh, in Guazul Natal. And Mtunga, um, good evening to you and welcome. Thanks for having me. And uh, uh, let's maybe start off here, Baba. I mean, you, you've been monitoring as the treatment action campaign, all of the hospitals in KZN, and uh, really, I guess, reporting on some of these findings in your liaisons with the uh, uh, MEC of Health in the province. What do you make of this particular incident? And uh, I guess, is it reflective of how all of the other uh, hospitals in KZN have been dealing uh, with the screening and uh, also, I guess, uh, uh, extending care to some of those uh, who need to be tested and might uh, be uh, suffering from symptoms linked to COVID-19? Okay. Let me take you back. For the past decade, uh, for the past decade and a half, we've been uh, monitoring uh, the situation uh, of hospital in Guatemala, more especially the public hospital, because uh, we knew that uh, post-democracy, uh, we had a problem when it comes to the public sector uh, on the issue of uh, the issue of human resource and the issue of uh, <clears throat> the health system threatening. And uh, I think that is not just there on the hospital, because there are some, there are lots of the hospitals that they are having, they are having. Uh, the same challenge, and when it comes to the issue of <clears throat> when it comes to the issue of uh, catering the client, if I'm saying that the the the, the, the client, I'm referring to the patient. Uh, one of the signs that we we are noting from the story is just the question of the readiness when it comes to the Department of Health. That the Department of Health do they ready to cater the patient on the issues related to COVID-19 concern, uh, starting from the issue of the screening uh, as well as the issue of the testing? And uh, mm-hmm. also, that should not contravene the issue of the dignity because each and every patient, according, uh, uh, according to the Health Act, uh, we, we must not overrun that they are they are having the right of dignity. If I'm saying that they are having the right of their dignity, the place that they should be, they should be catered at, it should be the safer place and the place with the uh, the privacy. And looking at the story, and you can see that there is no privacy. And mm-hmm. meaning that one of the major issues. You're going to the hospital, you are going to the hospital with a certain disease. Uh, but the issue of um, the issue of dignity and the, the issue of the dignity and the issue of hope, because if, if you are going to the hospital, that is where that you will gain the hope. Because if you mm. look at the place and you can find that there is no hope. So there is a lot of... What are some of, of the shortcomings... 
Yeah, yeah. What are some of the shortcomings that you found? I mean, uh, I would think that having monitored not only just of, over this pandemic, but even uh, during the HIV-AIDS uh, uh, pandemic and uh, the apex of that particular challenge, as a treatment action campaign, you, you would have at least by now had a sense of some of the key systemic challenges. So at a health systems level, where the f- big failures are, um, and uh, at times I would assume you also communicate that to the MEC. Some people might be asking themselves, I mean, if the MEC and uh, the uh, uh, Department of Health know about some of these issues, why is so little being done? As I, as I indicated it earlier on, that we take about uh, a decade and a half and trying to make an investigation and also after investigation and try to engage with the Department of Health on the issue of uh, the issue of the uh, system threatening and the issue of uh, human resource because you can find that a lot of the patients are uh, sometimes they are very reluctant uh, to go to the hospital due to the issues of long queue, due to the issue of the dignity and due to the issue of losing hope. And right now, as a treatment a, a action campaign, if you can uh, go to our website and you can find us for the past five years, uh, we've been indicating that, uh, and we've been indicating and overemphasizing that the health system right now is in the shambles. Sorry to say that, mm. but that is the fact. Is in the shambles because right now it's very hard to engage that the person that you need to go to the hospital. Uh, for testing, and you need to and you need to go to and you need to go to the hospital uh, for testing. Cause communities down there they are losing hope day by day. Mm-hmm. And I guess l- let me bring you in here, saying you. I mean, uh, you can hear the despondency in what uh, Osandile is saying because uh, I mean, mm. I would assume in many ways uh, it does sort of uh, fit hand-in-glove with some of your own experiences of uh, the systemic failures uh, that in some way, I guess, uh, contributed to the sequence of events that led to the passing of your father. What do you make, what do you make of what Sandile said? It's, it's, it's extremely disheartening to, you know, to have to be in this position that I'm in right now where I'm supposed to be mourning the, the death of my father but here I am, um, I, I'm, I'm fighting battles that I shouldn't be fighting. Um, and there's no excuse. There's no excuse for us to be where we are right now. You know, if I can even take it there. For us to be where we are right now as a country, there's absolutely no excuse. But because it's been left um, too long, but because maybe, I don't know, maybe it's because then we don't speak out enough. Maybe, I don't know what it is, but things need to change. We can't keep on singing, the, singing from the same hymn, you know. Things need to change, and um, if it means that Nsengwe must come on the radio while she's mourning her father in order to effect change, then that's what I'm going to do. That's, I'm going to play my part in that sure, way. Sure. But things need to change. Mm-hmm. And I mean, just uh, and maybe just saying you were uh, uh, from your end. I mean, when we talk about the change, it's clear that it's not just from a, uh, a clinical or medical response. Um, it's also from mm. uh, the operational system, the governance of many of these mm. hospitals. I mean, the fact that uh, the uh, uh, health department in KZN said, you know, they weren't aware. Um, I think that's what some, one of these reports is suggesting. They weren't aware that uh, 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 you know that the structure was set up in the way that it was set up. 
uh, and uh, you know that patients had to face the elements in the way uh, that has occurred in this particular sense. It makes one wonder if there's a broken chairs of some sort or a broken telephone, if I can put it that way. And yet we were told that we were ready. You know, mm. there were reports, people were on television, uh, they were cutting ribbons, they were cutting ribbons, Eesh. they were telling us that we are ready for this thing. And here we are now, you know. So um, I think for me, I will only be satisfied with whatever outcomes of the investigations that they are conducting. I will mm. only be happy and be satisfied if some people are fired. I want to see people's names, I want to see people's faces, and I want to be able to point at those people and say, that person and that person and that person was fired as a result of my father's death. Tlingwa, mm, mm, mm. thank you very much uh, for joining us uh, this evening, and I want to maybe give uh, the last word to Umtungwa. Uh, Sandile, uh, 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 I mean, you know, and I make the same point, uh, it's not just the clinical or medical response that is at fault here. It seems there's massive governance challenges uh, and uh, it's quite jarring that on the one hand, as Lengiwe says, people go out to the media and they say, we're ready. Our province is ready. They cut ribbons. They uh, open field hospitals and do all manner of things and yet uh, uh, we unnecessarily lose life in the manner that we saw here in the case of uh, Obabos Pusiso. Your views as the TAC as uh, we uh, close off our conversation. Health is, uh, uh, is a fundamental human right. And right now we are we are on the stage where we are in. I think that's it. Uh, and after the investigation, and we need to look more on the three areas that need to be addressed as quickly as possible. The first one is just the issue of the relief. Uh, the second one is just the is just the issue of remedy of the health system uh, mm. and rebuild it. Because right now, if you are going, if you are talking about the the health, and you give the description of uh, the public health system, and everyone will tell you, no, 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 no. Uh, I rather, I, mm. I rather try somewhere else, of which we 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 do not promote that as a, as a mass movement organization or as an activist based movement. But right now we need to, and we can look at more on the outcome of uh, the investigation, and that is whereby we 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 can engage more on that. Okay. All right, Sandile, we'll have to leave it there. Thank you very much, Sandile Kumalo, uh, with the Treatment Action Campaign in Guazu Natal, and a big thank you to Lengwe Kumalo uh, during this difficult moment, who's taken uh, it upon herself to make sure that uh, uh, we're able to uh, have the necessary chain of accountability. Uh, for the uh, unnecessary loss of life that we've seen that uh, took her father away from her, Busiso Kumalo. And uh, we say once again to Umdeni Wawamtuungwa, Nangani Ngalalang Ngaiba, Ilashegweyedu Weyetunati, and may Babos Busiso's soul rest in peace. Thank you to you all this evening. That's where we're going to have to leave it. At 9 p.m. is the time. The man with the music is standing by. He's with you from 9 to midnight. And yeah, Sedabin and Dozagut. Uh,